Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Ken Levinson, founding partner of Levinson and Stephanie Injury Lawyers. Ken, welcome. Thank you, Olay. I sure appreciate you having me on. Well, I'm delighted to have you on on the program because you have built a successful book of business. First off, Ken, I have to ask you, what is your favorite pizza? You know, I'm the. I, I shouldn't say this publicly, but I will. I'm a thin crust fan. Oh, we love our thick crust. Of, you know, Lou Malnati's and, and some of the bigger thick crust Genos. Uh, but I just like that thin crust, like the New York style. And people are going to, you know, I'll probably lose all my clients. <laughs> Maybe but we won't I, put I, it on the know. podcast. <laughs> oh, you could put it. Yeah. yeah we actually, uh, my, my law partner and I, I think before, before the pandemic, um, we got this idea from someone else. We decided we'd love to eat. We'd love to spend time together. So we, go around local restaurants and we do like a little video. We highlight Chicago restaurants. So it's on our Facebook. We share it a lot. Um, so we love to eat. So next time you're in town, we're taking you to a great meal. Ah, that, that sounds like a deal. Sounds like a deal. Very cool, man. Yeah. Well, that, that was not the answer I expected. I was thinking Giordano's or Gino's or even better, something that I've never heard of before. <laughs> so that's awesome. I know. I love the thing. We have some really good, uh, interesting Chicago food and great Italian, great steakhouses. Um, that's a great food ethic, town, that's for sure. Wife, oh, it's a great food. My wife and I, our favorite food is Indian food. So we have Indian food in town. This local place we love. And, but there's every type of food you can imagine in, in Chicago. <laughs> I was looking through your background. You left the Illinois Attorney General's office in 1996. So just by way of introduction, um, why did you leave and decide to join a firm? Well, I went to the attorney general's office because I felt that would be the place where I gained the most hands-on experience to be a trial lawyer. And I knew that's what I wanted to do. Uh, So early on in my career, I was going to court, taking depositions, arguing motions. And after I was there a few years, I really wanted to represent people who needed lawyers. Uh, I love my time at the state and representing state agencies and state employees, but I really wanted that connection to help people and individuals who needed a trial lawyer. And as you were doing that, your focus is on personal injury, right? That's correct. And so uh, PI is not an easy practice area to, to kind of develop from you know just an economics standpoint. So what were some of the big challenges that you had to overcome as you ventured out and started your own firm um, to really make that firm into a success? Well, that's a great question. Uh, you might uh, have this dynamic in California. We have it here in Chicago and Illinois. There are some other personal injury firms uh, out there. Uh, you might <laughs> yeah, see- One or two. <laughs> one or two, you might see- a billboard and notice a TV or radio or uh, paid advertising uh, online. So it's a very competitive space. So we think about how to grow our firm and market and uh, 
get as many clients that we can help as possible. And we, we think about it a lot. And I've been a lawyer a long time and I've made a lot of mistakes. And one of the things I've learned in doing things wrong for a long time is you really have to pick an area that you feel you're good at, that you can solve a client's problem and differentiate yourself and your practice. And we've tried hard to do that. That's great. And so as, uh, as you left uh, the firm you joined and started your own firm, what are now the areas uh, in which you focus? Well, you might notice if you look at a personal injury law firm website that they will list, generally speaking, every injury and catastrophic event known to man and woman. Yes. Dog bites, medical malpractice, work injury, uh, food poisoning, product liability, what we focus on and what we think we're, we're really good at uh, and have experience doing is tra- truck and auto crash cases. That's what we focus on. That's what we concentrate in. And we let our clients make the decision and tell prospective clients, look, you can hire a law firm that knows a lot about a lot of things or maybe tries to be a jack of all trades, or you can look for a firm that's going to handle a case just like yours and really dig deep and and know the area and know the area by writing articles and books and public speaking and leadership positions and recognition and results in your area law, whether it's a catastrophic truck or auto crash case. Uh, And I think most clients want a trial lawyer on their side who's got that kind of experience versus someone who can one day handle a dog bite case and next day a Uh, slip and fall and next day an auto collision and maybe the lawyer is great doing that what we do is we focus and concentrate just in 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 our areas of what we think we're good at and that we handle day in and day out that is really interesting so not only are you focused on uh, uh on crashes on collisions but really specifically on trucking that's right that's right. And it's, it's a very complex area. There's a lot of federal regulations, a lot of specific experts that we hire and use and um, anything from data with a, a black box and accident reconstruction to federal regulations and truck driving experts and safety experts and safety directors that we've deposed. It gets very complex. Um, it's just not a bigger auto case. It, it's, these truck cases where uh, a vehicle is 80,000 pounds, where a professional driver has to be trained and, and careful much more so than a regular passenger vehicle. And there's a lot of intricacies that we've learned and honed in on, and we're always learning, we're always getting better, always thinking about these issues and how to help our clients better. But I don't think you can necessarily dabble in this type of practice even if you handle personal injury cases generally, because oftentimes clients and even other lawyers say, well, you're a personal injury attorney. You can handle any type of um, uh, tort or injury case. And, and I don't think that's true. And I don't think the best lawyers uh, necessarily can do that. You hit the nail on the head. I think as we become really good at what we do, we realize that if we really want to do our best work, we can't do it for every kind of case that's out there. 
We've got to get really, really specific, stay in our lane and get, get to be real true experts of what we do. That's the definition of an expert. And so an expert realizes that dabblers are just, they, they cannot, they cannot deliver the kind of service that a sophisticated client needs. And so with, with your expertise in, in this kind of work, who's a perfect client for you? Well, that's a, that's, that's a great question. And to back up a little bit, um, I think a mature lawyer uh, and law firms realize after experience and really being honest with themselves that not every client is the perfect fit, right? Sometimes we want a certain type of case that looks like a wonderful case. We can really help, but it's not really up our alley. And a lot of times I look at a client and I say, I'm not the best lawyer for you. And I can point in the right direction. So for us, the ideal client is a family dealing with a tragic uh, truck crash with devastating consequences where we can get in early in the case, investigate what really happened, find the truth, and ultimately help this family. Whether it's making sure that uh, a widow has enough funds to pay her mortgage, feed her kids, so the kids can go to college if the breadwinner uh, was killed by a dangerous trucking company or uh, a driver uh, on drugs or sleeping uh, not enough and, and being too tired, but a fatigued driver. Uh, that's where we get the most uh, satisfaction. Uh, and that's the type of client we really delve in and can help. And Ken, how did you decide to to focus on these specific kinds of injuries versus let's say motorcycles or, you know, something else. Well, we've handled some uh, truck cases. And once I got more involved in the federal regulations and the expertise uh, that the witnesses bring, I really enjoyed it. I really uh, sunk my teeth into the area. Uh, I had friends in other states who were doing these type of cases. A, a friend of mine in Ohio, Michael Leeserman, is one of the best truck uh, accident lawyers in the country. And he asked me to try a case with him in Arizona at the Sandra Day O'Connor District Courthouse in downtown Phoenix. And uh, I really got the bug in, in these cases and helping families and uh, haven't looked back since. I love that. And clearly the work you do is incredibly meaningful and impactful in your clients' lives. So that, that is that is terrific. And that's something that, you know, as I've done a lot of these episodes, I'm seeing the best lawyers, they have a genuine passion for their practice area. And they're oftentimes one or two you know, levels, if you will, deeper in than a typical attorney. So not just PI, not just automobile crashes or vehicle crashes, but specifically truck crashes, right? Something very, very deep and focused where they write a lot. And I know you've done more than your share of that. They've tried some really impressive cases and they've gotten some great results and, and built an expertise. So that all that being said, as you mentioned, PI is, <laughs> it's a challenging area from a marketing and business development standpoint, because there's a lot of competition. So Having that niche focus, no doubt, helps a little bit. But how do you break through the noise, all the noise out there that's PI law firm marketing to really attract your perfect client to you? Well, you know, it's just a constant effort. You can't uh, 
rest on your laurels, so to speak. I thought years ago, if I ever made it to a certain level, cases and clients would just come along. I wouldn't have to do anything. Uh, <laughs> couldn't be further from the truth of life. Uh, I'm always working it. I'm always doing a lot of things to be ubiquitous, uh, whether it's on social media, keeping in touch by email. Uh, a lot of my referring lawyers, we get uh, most of our work from other lawyers who don't do what we do or trial lawyers out of state who think of us in Chicago land. I do everything I can to keep in touch, call, text my friends, past clients, um, LinkedIn. Um, I'm active on Facebook and we just really try to stay uh, top of mind uh, and be strategic about it and really focus on what type of case we're looking for and remind uh, potential referring lawyers and sources of what we do. And like you said, there's a, it's a lot of noise in the market. There's certainly a lot of trial lawyers, uh, personal injury lawyers that are really talented, smart, caring uh, attorneys in town. There's uh, We have probably the best trial lawyers in the country here in Chicago, just phenomenal lawyers. A lot of friendly competitors who are just truly good friends. Um, but we, we do our best to differentiate ourselves with our expertise and um, turning away clients that just don't fit the model of who we can best help. And I guess the other thing we've been successful at doing is looking at areas where we would um, sort of stand out. And I'll give you an example. I know some of your uh, prior guests have talked about building their book of business and clientele by public speaking. Um, and I, I've done a fair amount of speaking at other trial lawyer associations. Uh, so yesterday I wound up being the keynote speaker to the Maryland Trial Lawyers Association. And I guarantee if I talk to a lawyer here in Chicago who's a family lawyer or business lawyer, they may know 15 of my competitors really well. One might be their brother-in-law. But if I speak to 150 lawyers in Maryland, I might be the only personal injury lawyer uh, they can think of. So if they have a potential case for me, I'm one of just the only one they know, perhaps. Whereas it's much more competitive in Chicago to break through. So sometimes find your sort of, there was an old book about it, your blue ocean strategy, where you're uh, in a much better place to gain business and get clients. Uh, and it's just putting yourself in that, that most successful uh, position, if you will. Yeah, this is this is a really cool strategy, Ken, because I've not heard any other uh, attorney on the podcast mention it yet. Although it's something that I do, and I know it's something that you do, and, and we know some folks that do that too. So let me recap it back, make sure I've got it all. Um, the idea behind that is, let's say you're practicing in Chicagoland like you are, People in Chicago know other attorneys who do PI in Chicago. That's just the way it goes. But if you travel and speak or write or network out of the area, so a place like Maryland, for example, or New York or Dallas or wherever it happens to be, Seattle, San Francisco, those people in those geographies, especially attorneys in those geographies, may not know a PI attorney in Chicago until they meet you. And so the next time they get one of those referrals that comes across, which is in that area, you might be the only name that they call. 
Was that the strategy that you were That's talking right. about? Yep. And That's how right. is that? Uh, there's an, uh-huh. uh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I got excited. You're asking me these great questions. I'm like, <laughs> Go ahead, please. <laughs> so there was a second step to uh, my method. You got to stay in touch. It's just not like the old school going to a bar association function, a quote unquote cocktail party, and you meet, you know, 50 lawyers, you get 50 business cards, like Josh talked about in your 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 prior podcast, and you throw those business cards away. It's meeting the lawyers, getting known, showing your uh, ability, that what you, you know, how you can help potential clients for them. Step one. Step two is keeping in touch. And there's a lot of innovative ways and creative ways you can think about doing that. And we do email blasts. We're active on social media platforms. Uh, a few of this uh, folks reached out to me yesterday after my uh, Maryland presentation. And we, I immediately friended them on Facebook and I'll put them on our list and keep in touch. If I go to Baltimore for uh, an event, I'll reach out and we'll grab dinner. It's so it's just keeping in touch. Now, it's a much longer term strategy. It's not, you're not going to get cases immediately. A lawyer in LA might not have a case for me this month, but eventually it'll work. And over time, uh, it's been a fairly successful strategy for us where we probably have 25 to 30% of our significant cases were referred by trial lawyers out of state. That is really, really cool. And it's not a surprise either because you're also so well differentiated. Um, you know, they don't know a lot of people that have the the expertise and the qualifications that you do that are in Chicago. So it uh, makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, maybe uh, some advice that we could give the folks who are looking to maybe build that kind of differentiated practice is if you're in a practice area where you're feeling that there's a lot of competition, Find a sub, you know, find a subcategory of that, a specialization of it that really grabs you. That's really fascinating where there's a lot of opportunity to learn and just learn and go deeper. And if you still feel that there's competition, go deeper and keep going until you you do what Ken has done, which is break into an area where there's a lot of opportunity to become an expert. And there are not a lot of attorneys that are in that space at a high level in your geographic area. Right. And you could be very, yeah. And we test it. um, And we're very strategic about how we have grown our firm, how we think about marketing. It's an old adage where, you know, uh, 50% of my marketing works. I just don't know which 50%. (laughs) Um, So we keep trying different things. And, And strategically, if you think, okay, we're in Chicago, what type of folks come to Chicago a lot? Like for us, we know our market well. A lot of tourists come to Chicago in the summer, go to a Cub game, go to a White Sox game, come here to see our uh, world-famous Chicago Bulls at the United Center, or go to Michigan Avenue to shop for the holidays. And if they get hurt here, they might go back to wherever they live. It could be Florida, it could be Michigan, wherever, California, and they'll call their local lawyer. So, you know, I was injured uh, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And they'll say, I can't, but I've met a lawyer in Chicago who might be of, of use uh, to you, who might be able to assist. And so you're spending a lot of this time and 
a lot of money on all of these different marketing platforms. And I suspect you're really sharp about how you decide whether you know, someone in the firm is going to actually do this marketing or whether you're going to pay someone externally to do the marketing. But either way, and, and Ken, just before I continue with this, just to make sure you do, your practice is largely contingency fee-based, right? It's all contingency fee. All, uh, yeah. Uh, and so, so we don't we don't win, we don't get paid. Yeah. And so that's my question is, if you're making all these marketing investments for a contingency type of practice, cash flow has got to be really a a very interesting situation. So how have you navigated that cash flow crunch? Yeah, that's always a challenge for uh, uh, contingency fee attorneys because we have our fixed overhead, salaries and rent and things like that. And then we front all the case expenses for our clients. Our clients don't pay our, our, uh, court fees and depositions and experts and that, that fun stuff. So it's always a problem with cash flow. So we have to be really conscious of when we get a significant settlement, we can't just spend it on marketing or take it uh, for ourselves as, as partners. We have to really plan and make sure, uh, not that a thing like a year long plague could ever happen and affect cash flow in this country or world. No, no, never, Um, never. That would never happen. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know I'm being a a paranoid lawyer. We can never have a year long plague where people couldn't work or or, or remote. But if that were to happen, Alay, you have to plan for it and be very strategic and talk to your banker and, um, and make sure you spend money as wildly as possible. It sounds obvious, but we, we really track every marketing dollar. And I'm sure most good business folks do, and most law firms track where they're spending money because you, you, you don't want to just dump Ken. in money. In, I know. I, I I bet I would. I bet you probably see it all the time, right? I do, but I don't see it that often in successful personal injury law firms because you guys do a better job than almost any other practice area of managing cash flow because it's so critical to your success. Yeah, we have to be very careful. You can't just. Uh, get a fee in on a case and think, Oh God, this is great. Um, I'll buy a new car. I'll buy this or buy that. You have to think, wait a minute, I have all this overhead. I have cases I have to expend uh, money on to to front and you have to be very, very conscious of it and even marketing. And so with that in mind, Ken, one of the instruments that people can use to address cash flow is, you know, a line of credit. Just curious to get your thoughts on, uh, on a line of credit, what you think about that concept. Yeah, as long as you're careful, uh, I think a line of credit, we have a bank here in town that a lot of plaintiffs, attorneys uh, use. And I think they're, they're really wonderful to work with. They help with our PPP loan uh, application process. And as long as you don't get in trouble where you have too much debt that you can never get out of and the interest keeps you know, compounding, uh, and as long as you're conscious of it, and smart about money, I think a line of credit is is absolutely a worthwhile uh, endeavor. I mean, you know, people talk about you know gambling and you know lawyers who just risk their money on a case, but I don't look at it as a gamble. I look at it as a very educated uh, decision-making process. We don't just gamble our money and our clients' money on a case. We look at all the facts. What We've done in the past with cases similarly, uh, all the evidence, what the witnesses are going to say, and we make a really informed decision as best we can 
how to invest our clients' uh, money and, and really our firm's money. You know, a big focus of this podcast is on law firm growth. And so, you know, you've done this at a high level for a long time. What advice would you give to attorneys and law firm owners and partners who are interested in growing their book or growing their firm? Well, to me, it's really think about what you can offer potential clients or referring lawyers. What what pain can you solve? And just do the best job you can uh, accomplishing that on one hand. And the other hand, it's always been about building trust-based, true relationships. Um, uh, not trying to hedge what you can do or pontificate or, um, or puff your credentials. It's about just being completely honest and building caring relationships. And I think doing that over time and doing it the right way, an honest, ethical way, uh, I think you'll grow your firm. And, and I guess the third piece of advice, if you will, is to t- uh, make small tests in the market and see what works and what doesn't work. Don't uh, plop all your marketing budget on one thing. You know, for personal injury lawyers, we see a lot of billboards and TV. Uh, I suspect successful firms don't just say, oh, I have a chunk of money for my marketing budget. I'll put it all into a billboard campaign or a pay-per-click campaign. I think it's it's a wise decision to test what works. And if it's working, keep doing it. Maybe double down. Uh, if it's not, figure out why it's not working. Maybe it's not a good endeavor, despite the fact that you thought this thing will, this marketing uh, campaign will absolutely work, but test it. If it doesn't, move on. As you think about the future, you know, granted, we, uh, we are in this unforeseen pandemic, but hopefully we're on our way out of it. What excites you about Levinson Stephanie and the future? Well, we've done uh, the best we at least think we can uh, in this pandemic era to block out time to improve the firm, our processes, our reports, our case management system, uh, our in-house training, uh, to make sure that our structure is as, is complete and the best it can possibly be. Whether it's getting a client's medical records the most effectively, efficiently, whether it's in-house training on all the things that our lawyers and team do uh, to improve the firm and our processes. And we've done a lot of work making sure that uh, we've improved. We continue to learn and get better. And I'm excited about implementing some of the things we've been doing the last year uh, and always learning and improving and getting better. And uh, I feel that you can never have the perfect firm, right? It's like playing the perfect basketball game. You never (laughs) shoot 35 for 35, right? Or you never hit a thousand in baseball. Um, but to me, it's always about trying to reach perfection, even though you, you're never going to get there, but always improving. And that's just really excites me. And I'm just so optimistic with our team and our lawyers here uh, and the ability to really help clients and affect their families' lives forever. Well, Ken, congratulations again on all your success. I love your passion, love your enthusiasm. You guys go about it right. And you have a really, really clear niche that helps a lot of people. So if the person listening to this podcast wants to reach you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they can email me at ken at levinsonstephanie.com. They can call my office. I'm pretty easily accessible. Uh, Friend me on Facebook or LinkedIn connection. 
Um, but I love meeting new lawyers and new uh, professionals that I can help or refer my clients too, if, if there's a need. Um, and that's how I met you. I'm just really uh, excited about the future and other relationships that we can build and, and uh, just continuing on. Well, Ken, thanks again for your time. And thank you so much for being on the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. Well, thank you so much, Elaine, for having me and uh, all the best with your fantastic podcast. Thank you. And that is Ken Levinson, founding partner Levinson and Stephanie Injury Lawyers. He is your go-to attorney if there is a victim of a trucking crash. Thank you so much, Ken. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.